second hour of the program as we now welcome in one of our favorites his name is justin ferguson with the auburn observer and he's kind enough to join us here on the show today ferg the time is greatly appreciated how are you on this tuesday my friend i'm doing well how are y'all can't complain very excited to uh talk about the auburn football season so far the start of the men's basketball game last night uh and so much more so uh, we take a look at auburn football this past weekend and boy things look just totally different tons of energy on saturday for that football team yeah i thought they played yeah really really well uh, despite the circumstances i mean you had a team and a staff that really couldn't have a whole lot of time to put a put a plan together and uh you know they they executed i mean got off to a rough start could have easily folded uh but for the first time all year it's not that auburn fought and they played hard i mean they've been doing that all season but it was the fact that they were able to actually turn that into something in the end and they you know i thought they did a great job of actually making a comeback put themselves in position to win that game uh, just made a little too many mistakes especially on special teams uh, but I mean, in, in the circumstances, you got to be you got to be really pleased with the effort uh, for Auburn under Cadillac Williams in his first game. Trying to think about Ferg, just their second half performances, not only this year but really in the entire Brian Harson tenure. Can you yeah. think of a better second half turnaround than than in Starkville on Saturday? Uh, I mean, maybe not a turnaround. Yeah, I mean, I think I think. Um, I go back to really the last few games that Auburn was like even impressive uh, in the second half, and it's like Arkansas last year, uh, where Arkansas kind of fought back in the middle of the game, and then Auburn kind of put them away in the second half. Um, but yeah, I mean it's been a minute, it's it's been a while, and Mississippi State's a different animal at home than they are on the road. Um, the fact that Auburn's defense played as well as they did, they had nine straight drives uh, where they didn't score, uh, where State didn't score at all. Um, I think that that stood out, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, there Auburn didn't really change a ton. Um, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of schematic changes, strategic changes outside of a couple, maybe. Uh, but you know, they they had a, they had what it took to kind of fire through and, and come out with the come out with a really good performance, fall short of the win. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was it was a change. It was a like immediate change from what you had seen under Brian Harson. You, you talked about not a whole lot of different uh, things schematically. W- one thing I noticed with what they were doing with Robbie Astrid is they ran a QB sweep play very effectively multiple times. Not something we've never seen out of them, but just something that they were ran a lot of against Mississippi State. And, and given that Astrid has continued, really the entirety of the passing game has continued to struggle, do you expect an even heavier lean on QB design runs? Because we know w- Astrid has run the ball a lot, but sometimes it's just been purely scrambling. Do you think we'll continue to see an uptick in design for QB runs. Oh, for sure. I think that was something we saw for Auburn on Saturday that just wasn't um, it wasn't what we saw under Harson. He's just they they were very hesitant to run him. Um, you know, uh, as as a design runner, this doesn't seem to be an issue for uh, this you know staff. And it's it's what Astrid's good at. He's just still way too inconsistent as a passer. He played well against Arkansas through the air. Played poorly against Ole Miss. It's kind of how it is, um, but what he can do is run and make things happen, and it doesn't just have to be scrambling. It can be on a design run. So I think I think that's something they got to continue to lead on moving forward, and it just only opens things up. I think for guys like Tank Bigsby and Jerkless Hunter, Justin, turning on, uh, looking on the other side of the ball, what was your ta- takeaways from the defensive play this weekend? Uh, I thought the defensive line was the difference of the game. Uh, Auburn really, really got after him in the line of scrimmage. Um, that made a huge difference in this matchup. 
uh, Colby Wood and Derek Hall, Marcus Harris, Jeffrey Embaugh. I mean, just a lot of those guys played really, really well. Um, and uh, it, that was a that was a big difference, um, you know. And the other thing was Auburn rotated on defense really for the first time all season to a decent degree. Now I think some of that was out of necessity. They had some flu going around on the team last week, so guys weren't a hundred percent. You know that that played a part into it, but also it's just you know I think they were fresher in the second half because you saw guys like them by get on the field. You had two former walk on linebackers, or at least one walk-on and one current walk-on linebacker go out and make plays. Uh, you saw freshmen getting involved in, in the secondary. And it's kind of like an all-hands-on-deck at this point in the season. Um, and I, again, like I said, some of that's by necessity. That was the one thing about Brian Harson's tenure at Auburn that I, I truly never got you know, got to understand was like, why does this team not rotate as much on defense? And we were used to seeing a ton of that under Kevin Steele. Um, even though the defensive staff's completely the same from where it was, I mean, none of, none of the defensive assistants got fired. <laughs> you know, last week, Jeff Schmetting's still in charge of this defense. Even though that was the case, we saw them rotate and use a lot more players. And so I think that's a good sign. That's, that's going to be a good way to keep everybody engaged, keep everybody fresh, uh, you know, keep these guys fighting all the way through the end of the season. Justin, you mentioned all hands on deck. Well, it, it's been this way all year, but it continues to be that way for the offensive line. And now that Austin Troxel has gone down for the season, you got Brendan Coffey is listed as the starter for the weekend uh, against Texas A&M. What are your thoughts on how this offense, offensive line is going to look for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's just like you got to roll out with whoever you got at this point and, and, and hope, hope for the best. I mean, it's still very inconsistent in pass protection. I thought the run block was a little bit better against Mississippi State. Uh, on the whole, especially after the first quarter, but I think some of that was also due to just some of the schematic stuff that Mississippi State was doing on that side of the ball. I think Jeremiah Wright, when he's not committing penalties, is a great, you know, great addition to that run blocking unit. Um, I think you've seen some consistencies from, from some other guys start to take hold. But yeah, there's still errors, there's still problems. Um, the good news is uh, for, for Auburn, you know, you look at the A and M matchup this week. Teams that have committed to run the ball on A and M have been able to run the ball on A and M pretty well. Um, they've had some injuries uh, on their defensive front. So I, I do think Auburn's in a position where, you know, it, it's not going to be sparkling. It's not, they're, they're not going to be great, I don't think, on the offensive line. But I think they're in a position here, um, especially this weekend, back at home to play a game where they can, they can make a difference. You know, it doesn't have to be, hey, Auburn's got to succeed on offense in spite of their offensive line. I think they can be a part of the factor. I think they can be part of it. You know, they'd be a factor. They can be a part of the picture. They definitely were that against Mississippi State, and I think A&M presents some similar opportunities. So, Justin, let's look ahead to this Texas A&M game on Saturday. Two teams that uh, the, the loser will be disqualified for making a bowl game. Obviously, for Auburn having Alabama ahead, still not looking very promising, even with a win. But the, the moral of the story is these two teams have been incredibly disappointing this year. However, with the Cadillac Williams uh, hiring in the interim basis, uh, he has really rejuvenated this fan base, it feels. What kind of environment are you expecting on Saturday, and what are you looking Looking forward to in this game, I think it has potentially the best environment Auburn's had since the Penn State game. Um, I thought the LSU game was also a pretty good environment. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I think um, fans, you had to walk away encouraged by that game. I mean, this is, I mean, a team like Auburn, you usually don't have moral victories because heck, you're a top fifteen program in, in college football. Like you, you you don't do those that very often. But in the circumstances, the way Auburn played, the way they rallied, the way they finished. Just the effort they showed, 
made a lot of people proud on Saturday night. And I thought win or lose, no matter what happened in Starkville, I felt like Auburn was going to, you know, really embrace Cadillac and this staff and these players for that final big home game. And then what I saw on Saturday night in Starkville just amplified that even more. So I think, you know, in a year where you didn't have a Georgia game, you didn't have an Alabama game at home, and the Penn State game looked pretty ugly after the first half, this is the potential to be the best atmosphere Auburn has all year, and so it should be a lot of fun. Justin Ferguson is here with us from the Auburn Observer. You can follow him on Twitter at JFergusonAU. Earlier today, John Cohen was officially introduced as the athletic director for Auburn University. Any takeaways, Ferg? Yeah, I mean, I, was, I, I liked hearing from Cohen. Um, I think he's got, a, he's got a little bit of that He's got a little bit of that coach in him still uh, when he talks. Um, it's not a lot of empty just words. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people in administration, uh, you know, in college athletics can get really good at saying a lot of things without saying much of anything at all. I appreciated that John Cohen had some short answers. I appreciated John Cohen if he wasn't going to talk about something or he wasn't going to get into details or he didn't know. He just said it. Um, and so I thought that was – that was, a, that was a that was a change of pace from what you usually see from athletic directors. Um, so that was that was kind of cool to see. Now hearing him kind of talk about why Auburn was interesting, you know, and and we all know it. Like Auburn, you have more resources, you have more opportunities to succeed X, Y, and Z at Auburn than you do at Mississippi State. However, Mississippi State's home for him, and so for him to talk about Auburn and the elevated view that he did, um, I think really kind of shed a light of like, okay, this is why this guy made this move um, because he kind of had it made at Mississippi State, I think, with just the fact that he had been there for, for most of his you know career going back to his playing days. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, it was a really good, impressive uh, intro press conference. Um, he gave some insight on what he's looking for in the coaching search for football. Uh, but ultimately, I just, yeah, I think it's, it's a change of pace. It's something different than what Auburn's kind of been used to from the AD uh, job. Um, over the last decade plus, and uh, we will see how much that clicks early on. You were back inside Neville Arena last night for the uh, the start officially of the new college basketball season as Auburn took on George Mason. Uh, talk us through your experience back in the arena, Ferg, and, and what stood out about the game. I think the thing that stood out to me is that Auburn jumped out to a huge lead early on, um, and it was with defense. I mean, they choked the life out of George Mason for most of that first half. Good bit of that second half, too. Just defensively dominant. Hold of that George Mason team to 52. You know, they play slow, um, so it's not, like, stunning by any means. But this is a very efficient offense in college basketball last year. A ton of experience came back. And you hold that team to 52. You force that many turnovers. You make sure they don't do much of anything for me from deep. Uh, you know, Josh Adura is one of the best mid-major players in the country, and he was not very much a factor in this game. It's a great performance by Auburn's defense. thought Janai Broom and Dylan Carwell did great work down low. I thought Auburn's perimeter game on defense, they were in people's pockets the whole game. Um, awesome defense. And that's the thing. It's like people are going to point to the shooting, and the shooting numbers were very bad. You all can see that. But when you play the defense like Auburn did and you get extra possessions and you, and you, and you work the boards as well as they did, um, you know, and take out that many shots, you can make up for it. Um, to me, shooting is something that can come and go. And, you know, it can improve 
throughout the course of a season. There are definitely good shooting teams and bad shooting teams, so I don't want to rule that out. But you can see teams get hot, and you can see teams have cold nights. Defensively, to be that locked in this early in the year with several new pieces, I think says a lot. I think it really, really does say a lot. And I think this is going to be a team that is um, going to be led by the defense, led by their depth. And that surge they went on, that, that four and a half minutes to start the game, when nine different players played, and you know George Mason had more turnovers than all, <laughs> you know than yeah. than Auburn had baskets. Like it was one of those crazy kind of starts for Auburn, and the jungle was rocking. It was really, really fun and atmosphere. I think that was just like, hey, expect that this season. That that four and a half minute burst early on. That's going to be what Auburn basketball looks like this year. The pace was unbelievable. The atmosphere was intense. The The jungle was uh, as loud as can be. And, and maybe from my vantage point, I was hearing it much more uh, than, than others were around me. Yeah. I'm curious, Ferg, uh, because if no one has had the opportunity to, uh, to, to watch Justin Ferguson cover a basketball game, they're truly in for something. Uh, and I mean that, Ferg, talking about uh, your coverage of rotations and everything that goes into uh, basketball that you so much much love as a broadcaster there's a level of rust when a new season comes along right you just got to get adjusted to the pace Uh and that sort of thing do you experience that as well when the first game of the season rolls around that you've got to work into season form i'd say the exhibition was good for me in that regard um you know the fair point kind of getting back into that kind of mode again um knowing where to look knowing knowing what to keep an eye on and i will say this um I, I I am you know I am very uh, <laughs> indebted to Bruce Pearl and his staff and his program for opening it up as much as we do. Um, you know, those of us who cover this team can go to basketball practice anytime we want. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, this was a year where this was an off season. I, I went to a lot more basketball practices than I usually do in the preseason. I, I made that a goal. I made that an effort. And so I think. You know, last night, seeing how Auburn kind of pulled it out there on the court, it was it was great because I was seeing things and noticing things that I had heard Bruce Pearl talking about in the preseason. I had seen things I'm focusing on that. So that helped a ton. And this is not me saying, like, oh, look how smart I am about basketball. No, not at all. I'm a moron. But what I'm saying is, is that it helps out a lot to knock off that early rust and, you know, I think put out really good, um, you know, basketball coverage uh, for those of us on the beat when you do have that level of access and that level of, of insight into a team because they are so open. Uh, so uh, I, I owe a lot of that to, to BP and his and his willingness to work with us. What was your pretzel selection yesterday? So I, I just, I usually do cinnamon sugar. I'm like, I've, I've like not done cinnamon sugar like once ever in my time of doing this. Um, and I thought about it last night. I considered going in a different direction to start the season. And then I got up there and I was like, nah, nah I'm going <laughs> to stick to the classic. Um, so, yeah, so it's usually it's usually the nice cinnamon sugar. It's, uh, it's it's my favorite. I can do the salty ones. I can do the – there's some cheese ones up there and stuff like that. And they're good, too. Uh, but, man, I just I, – I, I needed to hit the classic, you know, here for the first real game of the season. And it was, it was on point. We'll see about – I might change it up on Friday night, though. We'll see. Justin, over the past week, which were you looking forward to more? The first pretzel of the season at Neville Arena or the Mississippi State ice cream cooler? Oh, definitely Mississippi State ice cream cooler. You know, I, I will eat, I will eat like, shoot, by the end of the season, like, 
15, 16 something pretzels in, in a basketball <laughs> season, right? Because you do it. I do it pretty much every every night there. Um, you know, I've, you only get the Mississippi State ice cream cooler in in Starkville every two years, and for me, it was the first time in four years because I didn't go in twenty twenty during the pandemic. So that had been four years in the making for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, top notch. The uh, if you've ever had the ice cream at Mississippi State, it is very very good. Uh, Their dairy sciences program uh, does that. Uh, they also make the best cheese I think you can find uh, pretty much anywhere uh, in the South. Uh, they were all sold out when I tried to get some this weekend. That was that was tough, but um, the ice cream, yeah, definitely. Ice cream was it was something I really really look forward to every time I go to Starkville. And I have a higher opinion of Starkville than most people do. Um, I think, at least among my, my friends in the media. Um, so the ice cream, it definitely helps. Which flavor did you choose? I went with the uh, Muscadine Ripple. Okay. Because when are you ever going to get Muscadine flavored ice cream? Right? Like, it's one of the few. I mean, I don't even know what that course. is. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so Muscadines so are like wild grapes, is the best way to put them. It's like, kind of like a grape, kind of like a cherry, kind of like a plum, kind of, you know. They're just wild. Okay. Um, it's very southern. It's very, very southern. Um, and so it's yeah. It's like um, so this ice cream is like vanilla, and it had a ripple of uh, muscadine flavor, like like you know syrupy kind of flavor on it. And it's like I guess the flavor is kind of like a milder. Yeah, I think cherry. You know, something like a cherry, something like a grape. Um, you know, not too strong, not too sweet. It's just nice and smooth. Uh, I, I do like it. Um, you know, purely, I'm sure there are other ice creams there are great, and I've had them before, but every time I go there and they open up the freezer, I'm always getting that one because I don't know of any other place that, that makes Muscadine ice cream. What pretzel do you like, Brooks? I, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the, the Bites Club, so I'm not a full yeah, pretzel guy. Yeah, Bites are really good. I'm always, a, really good. I'm always, anytime there's an 11 a.m. tip or a noon tip, and I'm just like waking up like an hour or two hours beforehand, I'm getting the cinnamon sugar bites because I'm like, well, that's breakfast. It's kind of like a breakfasty yeah, kind of sure. deal. But you know what's really good is the garlic parmesan. Really? Wow. I, I came very close to getting that last night. It's, I came really, really close to doing it. And, I'm and just, I might, might end up doing that uh, Friday. I'm just a big garlic parmesan guy. Like I, if I go to get wings, like garlic parmesan yeah. is my wing choice. Are the bites where you get the vanilla icing? Yeah. That, that's well, you what, can get them for either yeah, one, but yeah. it's better with the bites because you've already got the, the right size of right. dip right there. That's yep. what I do. That is baller. What's your move, Ryan? Yeah, bites with uh, cinnamon, cinnamon sugar, and uh, the vanilla icing every every single time. Every single time. You an icing guy, Ferg? Not usually. Um, so, little inside baseball here. You get the you get the coupon, and it used to be the coupon would cover all like the entire price of a pretzel, like of just a basic pretzel. If all you did there was just get a pretzel, you didn't have to pay anything. If you get any icing or if you get the bites or if you get a drink or something like that, it start you have to actually start spending your own money. I'm very cheap, so I usually didn't do that. The price of the pretzel has gone up this year a little bit. Um, so oh, who's it's surprised? Something, it's, something oh. having, it's, it's something where I'm having to, like, you know, I'm having to, like, make smart decisions on it where I'm like, okay, if I'm already spending a little bit more, do I go ahead and get the icing? Do I go ahead and... And get it, get a nice drink or something like that. Um, so you know, it's it's something I'll have to play around with this year. We used to be a proper society. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, inflation. Inflation. Is <laughs> 
Uh, what, what, uh, what's the Auburn Observer plan for the rest of the week, Ferg? Yeah, so I got a story coming up tomorrow on the Observer about John Cohen and the and the coaching search, kind of some his, his insight into what he's looking for and how he's going to handle, um, you know, the the first big move and, sure. and probably an early defining move for his tenure uh, at Auburn. Uh, if you want to know more about the Auburn George Mason game, um, the observations went up this morning. Um, it's like nearly three thousand words of coverage on uh, last night's basketball game. Damn. Check that out. Um, That's a lot the, of words. From the Mississippi State game, yeah. Uh, and then I did a story on Monday about Auburn's pass rush and just how, like, this was Auburn's best pass rush game of the season and how that, like, really sets up well for the A&M game. Uh, we will have, shoot, what, what will we have? Oh, we'll have more stuff in the, during the week. We'll have a mailbag on Friday. We'll have coverage of the, of the, uh, the USF game Friday night. And over the weekend, we'll have... Texas A&M coverage, obviously, uh, for football. And I do believe for our, our Friends of the Program podcast comes out either tonight or in the morning. Um, so if you're wanting a, a fun little perspective on things going on at Auburn right now, uh, check that out. $6 a month or $60 a year to sign up. Everything we do gets sent to your email inbox. So go on ahead and subscribe. Perfect. We certainly do appreciate the time as always. We'll talk again next week, Ferg. Thank you. See you guys. All right, that's Justin Ferguson joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Awesome insight and analysis, as always. That's what we expect from our guy, Ferg. All right, fellas, we've got to take a break. When we come back, Eric McDade will get saddled in with us. A lot of fun straight ahead here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? Oktoberfest is a brief moment of fall beer drinking beauty. And Samuel Adams Oktoberfest is the beer to kick off the season. The world's biggest fest started in Munich, Germany in 1810 to celebrate the marriage of the Crown Prince of Bavaria. The party was so off the chain, it became an annual 16-day festival from mid-September to early October. It's a time to celebrate beer for beer's sake with food and friends to kick off cool weather. Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Celebrate with beer. Another exciting season of Beauregard football is here and you don't want to miss a moment. Tune in all season long on Tiger 95.9 and the Tiger Communications app for all the hard-hitting Hornet football action. Beauregard is looking to get back into the playoffs as they fight their way through a revamped 5A schedule. Coverage begins 30 minutes before each game with the countdown to kickoff. For a complete schedule of Beauregard football make sure you check our website thetiger.fm it's another season of Beauregard football on tiger 95.9 brought to you locally by the mason jar master graphics may refrigeration max credit union lifesavers mission thrift store the orthopedic clinic auburn opelika tourism and glenn smith chevrolet buick gmc in opelika get ready to smile 
Weather, brought to you by Auburn University Credit Union. Ease the stress this holiday season with a loan from Auburn University Credit Union. Apply in person or online at myaucu.org. Equal opportunity lender. Rates are subject to credit approval. We'll see one more day on Tuesday with highs around 80 degrees, around 80 or 81 under mostly sunny skies. Lows will drop into the upper 40s overnight, however, as we will have have a cold front entering the area that will send our temperatures down on Wednesday as we're looking at Wednesday afternoon highs not getting out of the 60s as they'll stay around 67 or 68 degrees still a low chance of rain only about 10 percent overall lows that night will drop into the low 50s around 51 or 52 degrees next chance of rain should come towards the end of the week potentially with that subtropical storm Nicole that is currently east of Florida we'll have to monitor that to see if there's going to be any impacts our way. But for now, some sort of rain chances by the end of the week. I'm Ryan LaVoy for your Tiger Communications weather update. Brought to you by Tiger Iron Gym. Get fit. Complete with indoor astroturf, functional fitness classes, and more free weights than anyone in the area changing seasons? Time to start thinking about your heating system. Gas furnace owners, heat exchanger and limits should be checked regularly for your family's safety. Have a heat pump? Ensure your unit is running properly so you don't have to rely on expensive heat strips to warm your home. Need a new system? Call Steve to help you find the perfect system for your needs. Serving the heating and cooling needs of Lee County and the surrounding area since 1968. May Refrigeration make sure your unit is ready for winter. Call 745-COLD so you don't have to be. May Refrigeration and Carrier. Turn to the experts. Hi, I'm Darren with Master Graphics and Light and Screen Printing. At Master Graphics, we can help you take your event or company promotion to the next level with custom apparel screen printed right here in Auburn. We have a huge selection of brands like Comfort Colors, Gildan, and Bella Canvas. And at Master Graphics, you work with our in-house artists to bring your vision to life. Let our team help make your business, school event, or family gathering a success with custom apparel from Master Graphics. Stop by and see us today at 175 South Gay Street or give us a call at 887-8755. We know you're busy, so let's get right to it. Max Credit Union gives its members more with access to paychecks up to two days early. No return check fee, rewards for spending, text alerts, great rates, and more of everything that Max members love. Start enjoying more with Max Credit Union at MyMax.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Certain restrictions apply. 